Today, I stand before you at the Country Club of Hudson at what may be considered the midpoint of my natural life on Earth, 39 years, 8 months, and 29 days. While technically true, I personally think it was not until November of 2017 that I truly began living, which would become the title of my mental health autobiography in 2020. Let me explain. It was after midnight in the emergency room at Akron General Hospital, a night that began many hours earlier with a roadside 911 call and subsequent EMS ride when I started to sporadically black out in the passenger seat of my dad's truck. It was only then that I voluntarily admitted myself to one of the psychiatric wings of the hospital of Akron General. This five-day inpatient stay only came after countless months of nonstop anxiety, panic attacks, fears, tears, rumination, catastrophizing, sleep deprivation, Google searches, seclusion from others, numerous doctor and ER visits, tens of medical tests, and 138 separate items of guilt and shame that I had felt. These, on top of prior alcohol abuse and another near-death incident when I overdosed taking 32 over-the-counter cold and cough pills in not even an hour's time. Not one of my finest hours, for sure. Now, picking up where I left off, my primal flight-and-fight response had been peaked at all hours of the day, and even my wife had started to question if I wanted to be with her due to so much of what I had just described to you. Our wedding day, reception, and honeymoon to the islands of Hawaii could not escape either, could not escape the 24-7 anxiety and panic attacks. Yes, 24-7. The only way I can explain it to you is to imagine your worst panic attack that you have ever had and pretend it was occurring at all hours of the day for many months in a row. This next experience I have only revealed to the hospital intake staff in 2017 to my psychiatrist and my therapist. What follows, I would later learn, were facets or parts of my mental illnesses, major depression, and generalized anxiety disorder. And that experience happened when me and my wife were flying home from our honeymoon from Honolulu to San Francisco. While seated in one of the exit rows, the idea was floated in my warped mind that I should try to open the exit door of our 757 jet while we were 40,000 feet above the Pacific Ocean. Thank God I didn't. And in that same warped mind, I couldn't realize why I was being asked over and over if I had thought about harming myself in November of 2017. The word scary is definitely an understatement of this time in my life. I was surviving, but just barely. Now it's time to start thriving. With my voluntary hospital mission in November of 2017, I finally traded the management of my mental health from my hands, my brain, and Google to medical professionals who are educated, clinically trained, and licensed in all areas of mental health. Next, 
three things then occurred at the same time or simultaneously. One, I erased what stigma I wrongly carried inside as it related to mental health and mental illness. Two, I swallowed what pride I had left and accepted that I needed help, which is very hard for somebody as bullheaded as me. Three, I had to lean on those mental health professionals to guide me from the storm of a lifetime of stormy waters, choppy waters, to calmer waters. And I couldn't fight this alone. Up until this point, I thought I could handle everything, but I was so wrong. Since November of 2017, I started to do my part in eliminating the stigma of mental health and mental illness. And I persisted with the team approach to my mental health, of which includes standing appointments with my therapist and with my psychiatrist, daily medication, and eating three meals a day as a foundation. Combine that with less screen time. Uh, for a period of time, I even went back to a flip phone. Daily gratitude, the prioritization of sleep, feeding my spirit, through my faith, wearing blue light blocking glasses during screen time, and spending time and energy on and with my family, serving others such as teaching, founding the House of You company, which in a nutshell helps others build and sustain their personal brand, as well as sharing my continual mental health journey with others. And more recently, and why I'm here today, I founded Voices for Voices nonprofit organization. So anyone can use our platform to share their distinctive voice, thus helping create mental health awareness and striving to mental health care affordability and accessibility for all. Some examples of voices could be through the spoken word, like I am speaking with you today. Body movement, like ballet, sign language or interpretation. In the arts, like the once-in-a-lifetime performance by Hearts for Music Special Needs Orchestra, who will be playing with Akron Symphony string musicians at our Voices for Voices first annual October 10th A Brand New Day event. Coming live to attendees both in person at Walsh University in North Canton and will be live streamed across the world. In fact, one of our speakers will be joining us from Australia and another from Canada to share their stories and their a brand new day experiences. So why did I form and found Voices for Voices? I founded Voices for Voices to start a legacy that is bigger than me. Bigger than the selfishness and the self-centeredness I had lived for the first 36 years of my life by focusing outward instead of inward. At the end of the day, we'll continue to help others long after I have passed on from this earthly world. This seismic change of my life's purpose from surviving to thriving, from hate to love, with understanding, it can only be described as a miracle, a miracle that I am alive and with, here, with you here all today. Now, by me being a miracle, I know that on December 26, 
2018 at 12.20 a.m. when my daughter, Rosemarie Elizabeth Hayes, was born to me and my wife, Charlene, who's here with us in the back, uh, that she would always be a miracle too, due to my miracle connection. Combined with the sense of how rare miracles truly are, I plan to make the best use of our time together on earth and to leave a sustainable legacy that makes her proud that I am and that I was her daddy. I am not perfect and cannot say that learning of untimely deaths of singer-songwriters like Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, Avicii, and Chris Cornell didn't catch my attention when the news hit the wire. What I try to do in those cases is to put things in perspective by hoping I am granted the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I am one person, one person who has the dream to positively impact two billion people over the course of my lifetime. Maybe I reach my dream, maybe I don't. Only time will tell. Regardless, I am taking aim at the stars. Although, if I do not reach the stars, maybe I'll reach the moon. That wouldn't be so bad, would it? I do, however, believe, like the 35th president of the United States, John F. Kennedy, said, that every accomplishment starts with the decision to try. And try I am. So, with each book I author, each speech I write and give, each TV appearance I make, each audience I speak to, each podcast I host or join, each student that I teach, and with each event that I host, like our upcoming October 10th, a brand new day event, I know that I have only started living my prescription for living. And I know that when life does get turbulent, because it does and it will continue to do so, that is not over. I can shake it off like Taylor Swift, that no matter the scars, I am beautiful like Alessia Cara. And I know that my house don't fall because my bones are good like Marin Morris. Uh, my name is Justin Allen Hayes, and thank you very much.